Welcome to this week's podcast of Bergen Park Church from Evergreen, Colorado. We hope you enjoy this message, and if you'd like to hear any more or learn more about the church, please visit bergenparkchurch.org. Hey, we're going to quickly jump into Mark just for uh, about 15, 20 minutes, if that's okay with you guys. You guys good? Can we jump into Mark? Just Mark chapter 1. I love this passage we're going to be in this morning as it um, reflects Jesus' heart. The storyline, here's the storyline if you've been following us. Uh, Last week we looked at the first day of Jesus' ministry. And the first day was amazing. Absolutely packed. And if you think of this from the lens of the disciples, these are fishermen. They're not used to crowds of thousands. They're used to being ignored. They don't have a prominent place in the culture, but now they're with Jesus and Jesus is blowing things up. He's teaching with authority. He's casting out demons. He heals uh, a sick woman. And that night at the end of the first day, they're all in Simon's house and the entire community is surrounding the house trying to get at Jesus. End of the first day. And you can imagine for the disciples, they're thinking, man, day two is going to be awesome. So what we're going to see is what's going to happen when day two begins. We're going to pick it up in verse 35. So Mark chapter one, day two of his ministry in verse 35. Here we go. The word of the Lord. And rising very early in the morning while it's still dark, he departed, meaning Jesus, and he went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him and they found him and they said to him, everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, let us go on to the next town that I may preach there also for that is why I have come out. And he went out through all Galilee preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him imploring him and kneeling and said to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hands and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer for yourself a cleansing what Moses commanded. For a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. This is the word of the Lord. All thanks be to God. Hey, two words I want us to key in on. The first word is in the first section, and then there's another word in the second section. And the first word is actually two words. It's a desolate place. And in the second story, there's an important word. It's that word pity. Now, the word a desolate place in the, in the Greek is the word eremos. And if you guys could put that word up. Eremos is a special word in the New Testament. And Jesus had a very important relationship to the eremos, which is the wilderness or the desert. Now, when the disciples heard the word eremos, the wilderness, what they thought of immediately was the Exodus story. 
where God rescued Israel out of Egypt. And where did he bring them? Into the Aramos. And it's in the wilderness that Israel learns what does it mean to be dependent on God. And God meets all their needs. He provides food. He provides water. It's in the wilderness that they learn to be led by the presence of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's in the wilderness that Israel finds its strength. And likewise, when Jesus goes into the wilderness, he goes there to be with the Father and express his dependency on God. Because see, at the beginning of this second day, the disciples are looking for Jesus and they're thinking, where, where is this guy? Doesn't he realize the needs that are pressing? There is busyness, there is crowds, there is hurry, but where is Jesus? Very early in the morning, he's with the Father. Now realize that's not just a spiritual idea that he's with the Father early in the morning. It's the only time that he has. Have you ever been there? Life is so chaotic. The noise is so heavy. You have no time. But very early in the morning, Jesus needed to be with his Father. Now, real quick, I, wanna, I want you to capture this. If you kind of look back at the storyline in Mark chapter 1, the first place that Jesus is in the Aramos or the wilderness, it was just a day ago where he spent 40 days in the wilderness. You remember that? He was fasting, right? And he was praying. And at the end of 40 days, what happens? He's tempted. Isn't it just like Satan to show up when you're at your weakest? Well, that's what I used to think. I used to think that Satan targeted Jesus at the end of 40 days because, listen, he's tired, right? He's definitely hungry. He must be alone and at his weakness. So the devil comes and strikes when we are at our weakest. I don't think that's what Mark's saying. Because if you notice, it said, the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. And after 40 days with his father, Jesus was at the height of his spiritual strength. He had clarity in who he was, and he had clarity around his calling. And see, what we see in this story is the same thing. Because notice, when Jesus comes out of this time of prayer... And the disciples come to him and they're saying, listen, everyone's looking for you, Jesus. We got stuff for you to do. Jesus could have given into the crowds, into the hurry, into the noise. But what does he do in verse 38? Jesus has clarity. Watch this. And it says, and he said to them, verse 38, let us go to the next towns that I may preach there also. That's why I have come. See, when Jesus was in the wilderness with his father, he gets clarity about what his life is about. He gets clarity about who he is. And he finds in that place of abiding with God the strength to face the challenges of the day. And if it's important for Jesus to spend time alone with the father, hey, isn't it important for us? I mean, if Jesus couldn't skip it, Listen, this guy definitely can't skip it. And what was he pursuing? It was time in solitude, alone, first of all, with himself. Because when you connect with God, if you're not aware of where you are, it's noise. Jesus has to be alone with himself and to be alone with God. And in that place of being alone with himself and alone with God, he's renewed and he's strengthened. 
And see, because Jesus had that relationship, and because the Father was his authority, he was able to go out into the world and see people rightly. I think one of the biggest challenges sometimes we have as an evangelical church is how we see the people around us. And in this next story, Jesus encounters somebody that everybody else in society blamed for their problems. Now, you hear the word leper and you think somebody just has skin disease. But see, in the first century, a leper was in a category called sinners. They didn't understand. They thought that this disease was there because this person, man, you must have done something wrong. You must have really messed things up to have this kind of condition. And so the religious leaders looked at the lepers and they saw God's judgment on them just like the prostitutes and the tax collectors. They were all into the same barrel. Jesus and his disciples, definitely his disciples saw them that way. But Jesus, here's the second word, saw him with compassion. Jesus saw this leper with compassion. And because of that, he was able to meet the needs of this man in the moment. Do you notice that in verse, I think it's in verse 40 or 41? I don't know what your translation says, but in the Greek it's this word, and you can see it up there if you guys want to go to that word. Splagizomai. Splagizomai. It's a pretty crazy word, but let me explain what it means because it's really important in the New Testament. And it's this idea of kind of your entrails, or your guts. Splagizomai was literally a, a noun that referred to kind of your inner stomach. And they believed that was the place that courage, mercy, and compassion came from. And so they took that idea that courage and mercy and compassion is coming from right here. And it was this idea of passion or anger towards somebody else. And what Jesus felt when he saw this man was he felt compassion. Now, if you know the story of a leper, a leper should be nowhere near Jesus, right? And nowhere near a crowd. He was unclean. But he must have known there's something about Jesus that's different. And so he breaks the Old Testament laws, the Mosaic laws. He wasn't supposed to come near Jesus. He was supposed to announce, unclean, unclean. I shouldn't be here. He was wearing clothes that set him apart. But he knew he needed to be made clean. And what he wanted more than anything else, guys, and this is so important, is he wanted to be accepted. Leprosy was less about the physical condition, which was horrible. It was about the social alienation. It was about the rejection of his community. What did he need to know? And what do you need to know? God has compassion on you. You feel rejected. You feel unclean. You feel caught, cast out. God looks at us and his, his in, inward being groans and he has compassion towards us. And what does Jesus do? It's really fascinating when you read this story and I hope you'll spend some more time. We don't have too much time as you can tell to get into it. But what you notice is so different is though Jesus heals this man, he doesn't use the word heal, does he? What does he say? You're clean. You know what that means? You're okay. You're accepted. And buddy, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the temple. 
And I want to let, I want everybody to know there is no reason why you should be rejected. You are once again a part of the community to belong and be loved. And what Jesus did to prove this is he touched this man. And in his touch was not only physical healing, it was the spiritual restoration of his emotions, his soul, his mind. Jesus, listen, he saw the world differently. I need that. I don't know if you need that as well. That as you look out at the world, you may see the lepers, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, and you may say, that's the reason the Romans are here. Our land is oppressed because these people are messing everything up. And that's okay to acknowledge, but you need to ask, where does that come from? The way I see the world, does that come from Jesus? Or is that just coming from me? And you know what you need to do? Get alone with the Father. Would you just get alone with the Father and say, Father, this is what I see. Would you be with me and help me to see the world the way you see the world? Church, when we do that, when we are alone with God and he's your authority, your authority is gonna affect how you see everyone else and how you treat the people around us. Jesus is that representation. And the reality is all of us, if you wanna understand this story, are unclean. Because see, our sin keeps us from what God has designed us to do. Sin is not just missing the mark. Hear me on this. Sin is the reality you were created to love. And when you have sin in your life, you were unable to love God, to get alone in his presence, and you were unable to love others. And the reason sin is a big deal and Jesus died is because love and the love of God through his people is a huge deal. I hope you'll spend some time in this passage this week and, and spend some time in God's presence. Allow that time of solitude to get alone on your app. If you go to the YouVersion Bible app, there's actually some resources. If you go to that, there is a uh, little button over to the bottom right. And you, and can, you find, can find, uh, click that, and it says events, and you're going to find Bergen Park Church, and there's a ton of resources there, guys, for you about silence and solitude and, and how you can cultivate that in your life. It's incredibly important for us to see the world rightly and to experience our Father's love. Hey, if you didn't grab a communion um, thing, <laughs> yeah, I'm very eloquent. When you, when you came in, uh, please do. We want to we wanna end this service in celebration. We had the privilege this morning of seeing the testimony of a number of individuals say, yeah, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I believe it is the power of God and, and I want to follow uh, Jesus with my life and my heart. And, and I hope you're in that same place. And see what communion is, it's an opportunity just to acknowledge what's tripping you up. You know, what's, what's getting in the way? You know, you know sometimes I wonder, what's, the, what's Satan's greatest strategy? You know, I think it's all the bad stuff, right? I think, wow, it's all that bad stuff that's out there. I, I'm starting to doubt that in my own life. It's not just the bad stuff, it's the hurry. It's the noise. It's the busyness. It's my phone. because it's constantly clouding 
my mind, taking away my energy. And if Satan can just keep us busy and in the noise, we won't be silent enough to hear from God, to see ourselves and to see the world differently. So I don't know what's in the way between you and the Father, but let's spend some time in prayer, just in reflection. If you need prayer after this service, our prayer leaders are gonna be up front and you can stay in here after everyone leaves and they wanna pray for you. It's important for us to acknowledge where we are, but let's spend some time just in prayer seeking our Father before we share communion together.